Despite our love of HR and absolute commitment to the profession, we go kind of to the dark side here today and we look at the bad rap that HR often receives within an organization. You know what I'm talking about, the black hole where nothing ever comes out. Uh, the, the policy and compliance police, uh, the organizational no to every question that is asked. Uh, and we, we kind of delve into why that might be the case and then ask the question, is this changing? Is this kind of a vestige of the past or does it still exist today? So this is our summer session. It's kind of easy going, so get a glass of iced tea and join us. So come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Joyce. Good morning. Good morning. Happy 4th after, after the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> I um, had a great one. I had such a nice, perfect Maine 4th of July. Was yours good? It was, no, actually, um, I mean, it was great. We had the whole family here at the house, and it was just an incredible weekend. But the weather mm -hmm. couldn't have been worse. Oh, huh. We literally had this uh, uh, low. We had the tropical storm come through Friday, and then this low just sat right off the coast, and it made it cloudy and rainy every day. <laughs> and it didn't move. It was, it was Joyce. You know, you talk about comparing and feeling jealous or greedy. We were the only uh, part of the country east of the Mississippi where it was raining. Everywhere else, it was beautiful. That's okay. You have a beautiful house and a bunch of family and you get out the board games um, or I do. And then all, everybody said, no, nah, we don't want to, but they will for me. So for sure. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of a last summer for the 4th of July. I was with my daughter and their and her love and their three kids. And I made them in the, it, it was a wonderful old cabin just ugh, every and it was going to be sold soon it'd been in the family forever so we were um looking at things and going can i steal that old-fashioned measuring cup because <laughs> it was in matt's family but i was going can i take that no that's a three by three foot <laughs> map, of, <laughs> map of cape cod you can't have that so anyhow i piled these rambunctious kids onto my bed and lectured them about the 4th of July, and it got very complicated because, <laughs> well, because then I began to say, isn't it funny how in the world there's land <laughs> and people grab it and name it and then they take, they fight. That's where almost every violent war comes from. We fight over trying to take that land. And we got into that. And so I said, okay, we'll save that for another time. Yeah, let's, let's bring it back the board games. Yes, <laughs> even, even though we took land from Indians. <laughs> I mean, oh, no like, doubt. Where does land land? It became very philosophical. But I did talk to them about what an exciting experiment it was to govern oneself, not have a king or a dictator, 
and how complicated that is and how you need the rules and the guidelines, thus the Constitution. And um, I just realized how dumb we are. I am and how we just don't teach it enough in schools because even in that Constitution, they said, if we're going to have self-governance, we have to have education from which came liberal education. And I think our education in the field of governing isn't good enough. So I I say take away the vote. <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, I, no, I you can't have self governance without pre- preparation and um, and 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 not enlightened, but a well educated public. Yeah, uh, I'm going to resist turning this conversation political. Um, Good. I'll just suffice to say, I, I like both your points of view, both in terms of I never looked at land that way, but you, I mean, it's as clear as a bell throughout the history of mankind. Um, and um, yeah, we teach so many things that kids will never use in school. I didn't use, uh, but civics, we used to call it, yeah. was, was great. I mean, it was great because it was easy. You know, you're going to get an A, but you're also, (laughs) (laughs) but in all seriousness, it it was, it gave you an appreciation. Yes. And this was a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, 9-year-old. They knew nothing. They didn't even know about the Constitution. Yeah. Now, here's where this is leading. (laughs) Take us there because I love our our check Here's my thought. So this experiment which we forget is an experiment. We think government's always there and that it's dumb and it, it's, we're just, we're dumb. So, and they had to create a structure. When you've gone to ground zero, oh my gosh, now we've rebelled. We've had a revolution. Oh my gosh, now we have to create a nation. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? How are we going to do that? So, and all of those uh, meetings to create the Constitution and the, even the Declaration of Independence were so volatile. They weren't like, oh, well, I think that we should use this coin of the name, you know. It was, they fought like crazy and had temper tantrums and knocked over chairs and uh, eventually wrote wonderful documents. Well, in, I actually, I view HR as creating the documents that allow or encourage or support as much self-government as possible. And it comes from everything through structure, through policy, through vision. That's the structure that we take for granted because it's rare that you get a chance to start from scratch. Yep. Which I love starting from scratch, like on green sites. But um, that's why I think HR today is so vitally important what is the experiment of your company going to be where is the power going to reside where will the decision reside where will problems be solved those it's hr people should be designers of a functional community business or any community that makes it work as easily as possible in a way that supports the values of the group. 
what better job could you have if you know that's your job? Yeah, your, your eloquence of describing the why of, of uh, HR is so um, great and real and, uh, uh, and as, uh, I'd say aspirational as well. I, I am curious, so I'm going somewhere with this, Joyce. Yeah. You know, that feels like such a lofty, I want to be doing that job. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, it seems that more often than I'm comfortable with, HR is diminished and seen as kind of the compliance place. Um, right, and I, I'm hoping that's shifting because of the demand for new work. <laughs> you know, we're we're going to be working differently, um, and. Truthfully, Bob and I had been talking, dear listener, <laughs> beforehand about, I said, I wonder if HR still irritates the hell out of people. I mean, and, and we were talking about interviewing. We were going to talk about yeah. how, how we interview, et cetera. Um, and I can remember one of the biggest irritations. And, and so I'm curious uh, for you out there, after I said my aspiration and how I see HR, what are the resistances out there? And I know the biggest one for me was slow. They would say, you're so slow, you're stopping this, it has to happen, and I'd go right. Because it has to be, there has to be a fair process. Because if there isn't, you don't have that structure that holds your company together. We forget to teach the bigger picture of why but anyhow, what were some of yours? Slowness was, oh, Joyce, you're going to slow me down. I don't have time to be slowed down. And that's when I said, you know, uh, you, we can find you a candidate and interview and bring a slate to you in a week if we want to. Don't you yeah, think we can? Could, oh, absolutely. I, I, two um, aspects of HR that I think puts people off uh, is, you know, they're kind of seen as the ear of the organization, the conscious, Mm -hmm. the place where you can go and share your concerns and your hopes and uh, your issues. Your legal legal irritation. And I think uh, even in the best of circumstances, if you don't have enlightened leadership or that strong connection, nothing happens. So I think people look at HR as I go there, you know, it's like the, the big dark black hole. I go there, I share this grievance, and nothing changes, nothing. Um, And I think the other one is, uh, this is more on the transactional side. I I think if people feel um, cheated by their health insurance or about their last medical claim, um, you know, somehow HR uh, bears the brunt of that frustration. So not doing enough, not caring, enough, uh, I think, comes across uh, more often than I'd like to believe it does. Yeah, and I think um, well, actually, I think every HR executive should have a point of view like I just, not my point of view, but a point of view that they can share about how the function supports the company. So it's not like individual whining because I, I think what I know my 
colleagues at the top table felt was, oh my God, it's going this here comes the feelings. Here comes the lack of understanding about how you run a business. It wasn't that they were harsh people. It was just like, don't, don't get it sap. Don't make it sappy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make it sappy. Like, oh, just don't the uh, over the, um, if you did a Myers-Briggs of a whole company, HR just carries too much of the feeling. Yes. You know, it too much, and every function has its directional on the Myers-Briggs, but um, HR needs to show it, it can think, <laughs> not just well, feel. I, you know, the other, um, so when you, you talk about- to show it can feel, not just think, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm staying with the Myers-Briggs uh, assessment. It, I think oftentimes um, HR is seen as the the judge, and they look at the rules, and they look at the policies, and mm -hmm. they interpret them in a very strict way, where uh, I think that's good foundationally, but I think that every situation uh, warrants uh, an open mind about, well, here's what the policy says, what does the reality of this situation um, suggest that I might do that may either be in align with or uh, heading in a different direction? Flexibility. And yeah. And basically the person you're serving, and I would love to hear how different it is today. Uh, they just want to go hurry up. Yeah. Or don't, don't bother me with all the details. Just make a decision. Don't get us in trouble. I think that, you know, and I get that. And, and, and I know um, people in business that I talk to say, still say, you don't get the pressure of the speed. Yeah. And maybe we don't. And so another conversation could be about how do you speed up processes and keep them fair? I think you can. I'm thinking of hiring in particular because we were talking about that. Yeah. The, uh, so the, this, may, this may sound like a non sequitur, not, but I don't think that it is. Um, when I've seen HR work best, it's when leadership, in particular the CEO, makes that declaration that you just talked about. Here's what HR brings. Here's the demand that I put on HR to bring to mm -hmm. the organization. And the, uh, whether it's the head of HR or their team, they totally get it and embrace it and get moving and, and changing and shifting and, you know, meeting the demand of where the organization uh, needs them to be. And I, I think when it doesn't work, you may have a CEO and leadership team that's saying, run with it. And there's just this tentative dance of, am I leading? Am I following? Do they really mean it? So it's, 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 it's not to say right or wrong. It's just, it's a tough, tough, uh, you know, balance. Yeah, delicate balance is what I was looking for. Therefore, it never gets comfortable or right. And yeah, exactly. And get over it. <laughs> get over well, it. Well, yeah, and, and it may be in these areas, absolutely. Take it and run with it. Yeah, in these other areas, uh, no. And yes. do not do not feel superior about correctness and feeling for the individual. Nah. 
you know, ugh. you know, I had said we were going to muse, and I think yeah, we uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, I, I, check yourselves to see if you're slow, sappy, oriented mm, to too much sympathy. I don't know. <laughs> or, well, I think or, or, or the rules are the only thing. I don't know. That's the caricature of of uh, HR that when you see the person coming down the hall, you go, oh. Oh, please don't call me in your office. Don't come in my office. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> I, yeah. My experience is that HR oftentimes is under-resourced mm -hmm. um, in terms of the ability to meet the demand of what the organization ultimately needs. So when you talk about kind of the black hole, like you just nothing gets resolved. Um, I, I think um, in HR, it's like saying, what do I really need to do to get the job done? And being outspoken, uh, whether it be people resources or uh, process uh, improvements, I don't know. I just think sometimes we settle because we say, you know, we're, we're kind of the shared service, the back room, and, and therefore, we should put our money in the stores. We should put our money in marketing and talking to our customer. That's all true. But if we really believe that HR serves uh, in a dynamic way to improve and deliver organizational success, why wouldn't you invest? Why wouldn't you put your stake in the ground um, and, and fight for what you think you need? Yes. And uh, uh, no, yes. And and find your, uh, use your head yeah. to find the rationale and your business point of view. So when people start to poke at you about slowness or this or that, say, hey, hey, here's my point of view about HR. And of course you don't announce it, but you say, you say, hey, hey, if you want X, Y, and Z, then you have to have F <laughs> or whatever, but be able to say that and know it and, um, yeah, in a very, in other words, lead. Yes. Lead. So, you know, Joyce. God bless you, HR people. God bless <laughs> you. That's what I want to say. Oh, my gosh. It can be so frustrating and you can feel so underappreciated. And um, so you do get to be sort of pinched and punitive and, um, Anyhow, God bless, God bless HR practitioners. God um, bless HR practitioners. Absolutely. Your ears matter, 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 matter. And you're in the middle, 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 meaning that you literally have organizational demands bubbling up from the surface. And at the same time, those pressures uh, that reside in the uh, boardroom and uh, executive uh, meeting room. So that's all I got, Joyce. Well, I think next time we've got to talk about how to get out of the middle. Okay, I think that'd be a great topic because I that was one. You know how? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I have great questions. I'm just not sure I got many answers. No, <laughs> I think you. And I meant it. So let's yeah. noodle on that. Okie dokie. Okay. Hey, Good Joyce. And the living till, the till the next time. Bye. 
You know, a good conversation often leaves you with more questions to be explored than necessarily answers. And I can tell you honestly, I felt this way about today's conversation. So we have a lot of questions about HR's bad rap, and we would really like to hear from you, our listeners, in terms of your thoughts, meaning is what we're saying even remotely true today? Or is HR kind of emerged from kind of seen as that sleepy part of the organization? So let us know. You can go to bobandjoyce.com and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you and we'll share it in a future episode. So until next time, thanks for showing up and be well and be safe.